Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. I'm having some fun talking to Jeannie Chilson from Chilson Motors. And we're talking Ram trucks. And there's an awful lot of pride that goes with the Ram truck owners and the technology and the creators of those Ram trucks. And they have a lot to offer. Absolutely. Ram offers anywhere from a 1500 series all the way up to a 5500 series. So whether you're just towing something around town or you need us to customize it for your business or for your work, we have the Ram experts to do so. Ram trucks are so versatile. You can find them working hard to a night out on the town and they fit right in where wherever they go. Absolutely. Ram has worked very hard to create an interior on their trucks that is really a luxury vehicle in a truck. Excellent layout of seating, appointments, and they have really worked hard on the detail of their trucks to give owners a really comfortable, well-appointed driving experience. Ram really looks out for their customers by creating great value in their truck. Absolutely. Ram offers so many different engine options as well, too, from the diesel to the classic V8 Hemi to the new TRX, which has a lot of horsepower. How can we find out more about Ram trucks? You can visit either of our two showrooms, Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Highway 53 in Chippewa Falls or Chilson's Corner Motors in Cadott at the corner of Highway X and Highway 27. Or you can visit us on the web at chilson.com. Remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Wednesday at Wax, another warm day in the forecast. We'll take a look at that. Planting numbers are in. Today we're going to go over to River Falls and talk to Steve Kelm about the uh, reinvigorated uh, short course at the University of Wisconsin River Falls after a 138 years in Madison, now going to River Falls. It's been resurrected, and that's a good thing. We'll look at dairy breakfast around the area, grape loss, and who knows? Governor's going to be in Chippewa Falls at noon today. Bob and Jill with you as we take a look at the chores. What did I forget? I'm not sure. All right. That's quite a list you had. Yes, that's for sure. We'll get uh, Jill's putting the, the list of breakfast together this morning, so we'll share that with you. As we get to the opening weekend, we'll tell you the first one will be Friday morning at the Dairy Fest celebration in Marshfield. It's the uh, annual breakfast at the fairgrounds, the Dairy Fest breakfast over in Marshfield. That'll start 5.30 in the morning on Friday, and it looks like shouldn't have to wear much of a heavy coat. It's going to be a high of 88 on Friday. How the cattle handle this uh, hot weather? Because you got them out on pasture. They're all out on pasture, and they're smiling and running around in the grass. Ah, that's good. And maybe, you know, there's no real rain in this forecast, but maybe some uh, those pop-up showers that we always get in this kind of weather. So we've got lots to talk about this morning. Is uh, Boy, a lot of progress around Wisconsin and the state as far as planning last week. And, uh, well, it's getting towards the end. Now, now we need some rain to help it grow. Subsoil moisture, topsoil moisture numbers. They're down, surprisingly down from a week ago, but it shows you just exactly how fast things can change around the countryside. So we've got lots to talk about this morning, and the weather is going to be one of our major topics as uh, as we look at all kinds of things going on in the, the world of agriculture. This is a Wednesday morning at Wax. I can tell you it's about 58 degrees right now, but we'll tell you more about that. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, this is May 31st at the end of May beef month. And, of course, we've been celebrating all month along with the good folks at the Grain Bin Butchery in Boysville, Tractor Central, also the Alliance Bank. Wishing beef producers uh, good luck with the calving program this year and on through the season. And uh, don't forget, you can still register because we're going to be giving away four 
$25 gift certificates from the Grain Bin Butchery in Boyceville as a celebration of May being Beef Month. And you can win it. Still have time. It's still May. Win at the Wax Country Club. So, again, get that done today. Weather-wise, not a lot to tell you. Today, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and next week, partly cloudy, temperatures upper 80s to some of these days are going to get 90, and that means chances of some of these isolated rains or maybe even pop-up storms along the way. But uh, that's pretty much the way the forecast looks. Partly cloudy. We'll see a lot of sunshine. We're also going to see a lot of hot weather. As we said, it'll get about 88. There'll be folks seeing 90 today. Everybody needs to be needed. Hey, 58 degrees, about 88. Some folks see 90 today. Partly cloudy. That means more sunshine today. But again, with these uh, hot temperatures the next few days, chance of some isolated uh, rain showers, and we can use some moisture, no question about it. It's 5 o'clock, a minute after. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire News Time. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The House Rules Committee has advanced a debt ceiling bill to the floor, which clears a major hurdle as it continues to face opposition from both Democrats and Republicans alike. The rule was adopted by a 7-6 vote, with Republican representatives Chip Roy and Ralph Norman joining all Democrats in opposition. The debt limit bill will now advance to the floor for debate with a vote on Wednesday. The 99-page measure would raise the nation's spending limit the next two years to avoid a federal debt default. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is aiming to turn the country around as he kicked off his presidential campaign Tuesday in Iowa. American decline is not inevitable. It is a choice. And we must choose a new direction for our country. We must choose a path that will lead to a revival of American greatness. Speaking to supporters outside Des Moines, he claimed the U.S. is going in the wrong direction. The newly announced Republican candidate also ripped the Biden administration on issues like immigration and the economy. The visit kicked off a four-day swing through early voting state. North Korea's attempt to launch the country's first spy satellite has failed. Chris Caraggio reports. The state-run Korean Central News Agency says the vehicle rocket crashed into the West Sea Wednesday morning local time. South Korea's military first reported the launch as a space projectile, triggering emergency and evacuation alerts in Seoul and Japan. Residents were later told the warnings were set in error. This comes after North Korean leader Kim Jong-un recently ordered officials to prepare to launch its first military satellite. I'm Chris Caraggio. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter has dementia. The Carter Center made the announcement Tuesday saying she continues to live happily at home with her husband, enjoying spring in planes and visits with loved ones. Former President Jimmy Carter entered hospice care earlier this year. And actor Al Pacino is becoming a father again at the age of 82. TMZ reports his 29-year-old girlfriend, Noor Alfala, is eight months pregnant. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, a quick look at our hot weather forecast. And it's brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. Check out the great selection of new Rams on hand right now at ChilsonMotors.com. Well, the next few days, Mike Dandrea's forecast from over at Skywarn 13, partly cloudy and temperatures, the coolest temperature I see here is next Monday. That's 86 Otherwise, we're looking at 88, 89, 90. Temperatures are going to be hot. Today, the forecast is about 88, partly cloudy, with, again, chance of isolated showers. And we've all been around here long enough to know to get a long, consistent pattern of this hot weather that all of a sudden the clouds roll in, we get some thunder, and we get some rain and some storms. So that's always a possibility. So be aware of that. But really... Hard to forecast rain, just partly cloudy in upper 80s to 90s the next few days. Rice Lake, everybody's nice, right around 60, 64 in Rice Lake, one of the warm spots. Medford at 59, Wausau 60, Marshfield 61, Green Bay at 59, 66 in Milwaukee, Madison Sun Prairie at 60 degrees this morning, and right now here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area, 58 on our way to about 88 today. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take a look at our markets brought to you by the folks at Rural Mutual Insurance. Of course, the markets reopened yesterday following uh, being closed for Memorial Day on Monday. So, Jill, what some of these numbers look like livestock-wise? 
Choice fed beefsters are 165 to 175 with mixed at 116 to 164. Choice fed beef heifers are 165 to 180 with mixed at 110 to 164. Choice fed Holstein steers are 146 to 161 with select and silage fed steers 91 to 145. Cows are 84 to 99 with a top of 129. Bulls are 95 to 116. Butcher hogs are are 40 to 80 with sows at 15 to 20. Boars are 12 and down. There's no quote from shorn or unshorn market lambs. Feeder lambs are 75 to 235 with ewes at 25 to 120. Small goats are 40 to 160. Medium goats are 180 to 280. Large goats are 195 to 420. And nanny goats are 80 to 310. And taking a look at what happened with the livestock futures yesterday, the first trading day of the new week, higher across the board. June live cattle, one sixty eight eighty seven, closed up a dollar fifty two. August up two dollars, one sixty seven seventeen. October up one seventy two at one seventy one thirty two. And December cattle up a dollar sixty two at one seventy four eighty five. Feeder cattle, August two thirty seven seventy seven, up three eighty five. September at two hundred forty dollars and sixty seven cents, up three fifty seven. October feeder cattle two forty two forty seven, up three forty five. November at two forty two fifty two, up three thirty seven. Hogs were also higher. Lean hog carcass contracts, June eighty eighty two at the close. That's up four seventy five. July at seventy nine fifty two, also up four seventy five. August at seventy eight eighty, also up four seventy five. And October hogs at seventy three thirty five up four twenty five. Board of trade was lower yesterday. Corn demand is uh, not very good, and uh, bean traders are looking at big ending stocks, and they were down. So let's take a let's go out to December now that we have most of the crop in. We're looking at those December futures. This new crop, December corn, traded another five to six cents lower overnight at five nineteen. Oats down a penny at three fifty four. December wheat down nine at six sixteen. November soybeans down another thirteen to fourteen cents overnight, eleven thirty nine. December meal down two sixty a ton at three hundred sixty four dollars and ten cents. Dairy markets continue to struggle. Barrel cheese was up a half a cent, one forty nine and a half. Blocks down four and three quarters at a dollar forty three a pound. Butter. 243. That's unchanged. May Class 3, 1616, and we'll know the official Class 3. They're supposed to announce it, uh, well, tomorrow, as a matter of fact. That um, official May Class 3 is going to be coming out. Last year it was over $25. This year, not going to be pretty. June down 32 at 1556. July down 26 at 1632. August down 22 at 17.19, September down 24 at 18.13. The markets brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. It's 11 minutes after 5 at Wax. It's Wednesday morning. It's time for our ProVision Partners program. I've got Brad Matson, lead agronomist at ProVision Partners. Most of our seeds are in the ground, but we can't just leave them alone and let them grow. There's a lot of analysis that can happen after those plants come up. And you mentioned something about tissue testing. What's that all about? Plants are up and growing, Jill, or everything's looking good. We could use a little rain. Our first report card that we can see just on how well our plants are doing is uh, the use of tissue tests. So tissue testing will take an, uh, a sample of the plants out there. Sometimes we'll compare good parts of the field to bad parts of the field to give us a little difference of why they're doing it. We can use imagery, and a whole host of other tools to determine where we pull these tissue tests. But that tissue test is going to tell us exactly, are we getting enough nutrients into that plant at this early stage? Because we're fast approaching where we're setting maximum yield, especially for corn. Soybeans will be a kind of an ongoing thing. But corn is really important when you get to that V3, V4 stage, and we don't want to be short of anything at that point in time because, that, like I said, we're setting the number of rows around that on that ear already at that small point. The tissue test can tell us if you're we're short on nutrients, and, and then that gets to be the question of why. If we've put enough fertilizer on, if we've managed those nutrients through manure, whatever the case, why aren't we getting them? Is, are they uh, not mobile, or, or is it we having a rooting problem, those types of things? So it gives us a lot of clues on why we're not 
meeting those needs. And uh, the neat thing is it still gives us a chance to correct some of the problems before and have an impact on yield versus just waiting till the fall to see what we've got for a yield. So with the tissue testing, there's a better chance of an immediate correction? Oh, absolutely. If we if we have some deficiencies or we see some levels that aren't high enough, we're still early enough to make some uh, changes to the program that will have an effect on yield. A lot of times people take them closer to tasseling. Well, at that point, you're pretty much set at that point, so it's pretty hard to have an impact on yield. It also gives us a, a, a clue on how our program is performing. Did we put enough stuff on? And like I said, a lot of times right now, we may see some lower levels that we'll have to kind of take into account. Uh, of nutrients just because of the dry weather. Um, a lot of our nutrients, especially potash and nitrogen, are moved by mass flow. They move with the soil water, and as we're getting drier here, the that's going to have an impact on those nutrients and stuff. So how we can manage those types of things and can we do something or not even do something will be the question. So gives us a lot of, a lot of information, a lot of good decision-making tools for the producer to make better decisions not only in this year's crop but also how we're going to manage next year's crop already. And what are you seeing out there so far? Crops are really coming. I mean, we were wet there. Uh, that typically is not a good scenario. The roots will stay shallow. This dry weather is actually a blessing in disguise. We're seeing uh, rooting going down deeper now, trying to find water, those types of things. So that's going to set us up for a better crop. We're still a little bit behind, but we're making headway with these temperatures and uh, still Awful cool nights, but hopefully they start warming up here a little bit to give us to catch up on some of these growing degree days that we need. And it looks like we're going to have some 90 degrees here towards the end of the week. That'll make things grow quite a bit, won't it? Oh, yeah. Things will be really popping in, in a hurry then. So uh, we need to play a little catch up, but uh, things are looking good and uh, crops off to a good start. We can pull a few timely rains here in the next few days. That'll be uh, really set us up for another good crop. And that's our ProVision Partners program for this Wednesday morning with Brad Matson, lead agronomist at ProVision Partners. And I'm Jill Welke. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we should tell you, of course, but uh, we have, and uh, you know it, that uh, ProVision Partners Cooperative, uh, about October, will be merging with Allied Cooperative down the uh, Adams area. And we talked the other day with Rob Larson, who will be the new CEO of the Combined Cooperative, and he's now in charge of Provision Partners. And they're in the process of uh, trying to figure out a new name for the cooperative. They should have that, he told us, in a couple weeks. But in a few days, we'll hear that conversation we had with Rob Larson and what the merger means as far as members and both cooperatives as we go forward. Hey, the crops are growing. A lot of the crops are in. We'll take a look at that in other farm news this morning. Coming up here on WAC. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, Jill, how much of the crop is in? Well, that good planting weather across most of the country last week means that most of the spring-planted crops are now in the ground. Corn planting jumped another 11% as 92% of the corn has now been planted, well ahead of last year and our five-year average. Even North Dakota, which was way behind just a couple of weeks ago because of poor spring weather, has caught up to its normal planting pace and has 72% of its corn planted. The crop is also in good shape as it is rated 96, as it is rated 69% good to excellent condition. Farmers made even better progress with their soybeans last week, increasing planting by 17%, as 83% of the beans are now in, as well, and light corn well ahead of last year and the five-year average. Every state except North Dakota is ahead of last year's planting progress for soybeans. Here in Wisconsin, the planting progress for both corn and soybeans continues to outpace normal as state farmers now have 90% of their corn and 82% of their soybeans planted. This week's week's crop progress report also shows 93% of our oat crop has been seeded, 90% of the potatoes have been planted, and 33% of first crop hay has been harvested. But we could use some rain. Topsoil moisture is now rated just 55% adequate to surplus, 
35% short and 10% very short. All right, so uh, getting her done, as we will hear from some of the folks around the area. And uh, that's a good thing. A little rain on top would help. Hey, coming up, we're going to uh, hear what's going on as far as grapes. And there are some problems with some of our vineyards in Wisconsin. We had some weather that uh, hasn't been too conducive to grape production in the state. And we're going to hear what those challenges are. And is it going to mean a shorter crop? Less wine? Oh, heaven forbid. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's not unusual for a winery to lose a portion of their crop. Usually, they can expect a loss of 10 to 20% each year. But after wildly fluctuating temperatures this spring, Philippe Cacard of Wallersheim Winery says they have lost much more. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. He says no wine sales will be affected this year, as the harvest is done one year ahead of time. But next year, there won't be any of their estate wines available. April 16, April 17, a uh, snow event. Uh, we had rain before that. Uh, the buds were a quarter of an inch uh, big, so we we call that bud swell. And we had rain, we had snow, they were waterlogged. A nice, plump foot of water. Then the temperature on Monday noon dropped down to 27, and then on Tuesday morning it dropped down to 23. And everything turned into nice little ice cubes, and it basically froze the entire bud. So on the early budding cultivar, and most of our reds right here on 30 acres are uh, early budding reds, and we lost... 80 to 90 percent of the crop and the whites being uh, later budding a cultivar, uh, meaning that the buds were a lot smaller, a lot tighter. So most of the whites did a lot better than the reds. So does this affect this year's wine sales or next year, or how far out does that affect, and does it affect the prices? No, it doesn't affect the price. Yes, we run a business, but it's not about taking advantage of a situation. It's never been us. We've been in business 50 years doing what we do. It is not the first time it happened. It's unfortunately going to happen again, and it's not affecting this year's Uh, I mean, like right now, the supply that we have, but it will affect 2024 supply. We buy a lot of grapes uh, in New York State, Washington State, but the wines that are made from the grapes grown right here on the estate, I cannot replace those grapes. So it's affecting mostly three red wine. Unfortunately, our flagship red called Domaine Reserve and then the Domaine du Sac and the Ruby Nouveau, we won't have any of those for sale in 2024. So that's, that's the tough part. So how does this affect then the rest of your operation? How are you kind of changing your business model to be able to handle this loss? In the vineyard, it's a lot of uh, rethinking and sometimes retraining of some vines. We have, right now, if you come see the vine right now, say, well, what is he talking about? It is, I see a lot of green. Yes, you see green, but you don't see fruit. And so we have a lot of shoots that are popping from everywhere underneath the bark along the top of the vine. And some tops don't look the best, so we might have to retrain them, take a shoot from a foot below the top, and in anticipation of the top dying, then we have to retrain the top. So it's nothing new, but it's going to be a lot more of that. So actually, we started what we call suckers, you know, selecting the one we want to keep, and it's going to be a lot of that the entire summer. How long will it take to recover these vines that were lost? So that might take a couple of years. It won't be a instant fix. You know, September 24 will look a lot better than September 23, but it might take until harvest 2025 to 
have a sense of normalcy, like, okay, it looks the way it's supposed to. What bothers me is how do we deal with that in the future? So next year, we were going to uh, replant one acre of one of the grapes that froze badly, and I changed the plan. I talked to the nursery uh, supplier in New York State and asked if we could swap our order for something else because there's no point of adding insult to injury and replanting exactly the same. So we'll go with a different cultivar that buds a little bit later, which I'm fine doing that. You know, I mean, the, the issue for us is the spring getting warmer earlier. So the buds are pushing early and then we get a cold snap. That's the the big issue. Even with all the equipment we have to battle the frost, uh, this one, we couldn't do anything with it. You mentioned you've experienced something like this before. Has it been to this extent? Nope, never. You know, I've seen 40% loss. I've seen a 50% loss, but not a 90 or 80 or 90% loss of the crop. I've never seen, never seen that in my life. Yeah, I've been here 39 years and never seen that. So then what are you going to take forward from this experience now? Anything that you've learned that you're going to start implementing in the future years to help prevent this? Little by little, where we have a chance, um, switch to a different cultivar. But that doesn't happen every year. You know, I mean, the the vineyard is planted for 40 years, 30 to 40 years. So there are a couple of fields that... Uh, they don't look the best. They were planted 32, 35 years ago. They're coming to an end. Well, we will not replant those with the same cultivar. We will go to a different one. Otherwise, I mean, delaying the budding, there's nothing we can do in regard to that. That is strictly the warm spring are uh, very worrisome for us. So did you have to use crop insurance or a business insurance coverage on this? Can you take me through what that process looked like? We do have crop insurance. We walk through with the adjusters, a couple local guys, and so they understand, you know, where the fruit is coming from, on which shoots and so on. The vines have what we call primary buds and secondary buds and so on. So kind of explaining to them, and we have records of how many tons per acre of which field for the last 25 years. So so the payment is based on what we will not be harvesting. So, I mean, you know, a typical field at four or five tons to the acre, uh, there's one field I don't even know if there's 500 pounds. There's some fields I don't even know if it will be worth putting the machine to pick the grapes. There's just nothing there. And again... That is a gentleman named Philippe Cocard. He kind of sounds like a, he should be making wine, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, he's uh, but he's had some problems with the weather and grape losses. Some of those vineyards doesn't look like he's even going to go after him. So what is it? This year, no problem, but the wine for next year is where the challenge is. Wine production for next year might we will, will be down for him. All right. Philippe Cocard. Yeah. Nice. Frenchman knows how to make wine here in Wisconsin. All right, 29 minutes after 5 o'clock, and Rocky knows how to make markets over there at Premier Livestock. We'll talk to him next, see what the numbers look like on the first day of the trade for the week yesterday. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hey, let's get over to Premier Livestock, and with you, Rocky Olson is with us, and... uh, how farmers doing that heavy ground over there, north of Thorpe, Lublin country, up right. towards Medford? They got to be in the fields. I think once uh, the weather decided they could get in the field, they had an awful nice run. Boy, I guess so. And hopefully, it's uh, going to get all in, and then we get some nice rain. We could use a little moisture. You're seeing that yes. uh, dust in yes. the yards of the farms, huh? It's uh, very, very dusty. Yeah, yep. it really is. You get in some of those gravel roads, and uh, it's. <laughs> It's almost like a tornado blowing through there, isn't it? Yeah. The only uh, thing you can do is pull over for a while. Yeah, huh? that's so. the safest way to do it. Well, uh, how'd we do? We opened up the week on Tuesday this week because Memorial Day. How'd that first day go? Uh, 
Thank you, Bob. Uh, it went really well. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how yesterday's auction shaped up at a very busy day, uh, selling right at 1,300 head of livestock yesterday. All markets continued strong. High choice and prime fed Holstein steers, 145 to 163. Select and low choice, 133 to 144. Choice beef steers and heifers sold up to a dollar seventy-three. Market cows high yielding from 98 to $1.22. Most cows from 78 to 97. Market bulls high yielding from $1.05 to $1.20. Organic market cows sold mostly from $1.10 to $1.50 with bulls and steers up to $1.68. Calf market continued strong. Newborn Holstein bull calves sold mostly from $175 all the way up to $340 on the Holsteins. Your beef calves from $175 to $580. Lots of four uh, to $575 calves. Uh, Holstein heifer calves from 50 all the way up to 190 Uh Today, Wednesday, we had a hay auction at 9.30, dairy cattle auction at 11. We do have a complete dispersal today. Uh, 65 cow herd Holstein, some red Holsteins in there, tie stall cows averaging 65 pounds of milk, 4.4 butter fat, and a 185 cell count. Cows are outside daily, headlock adapted. Most of our herds, all young cows. Select sires breeding full vaccination program. Also other consignments of top fresh cows, spring and heifers uh, have a load of 12 certified organic, certified grass-fed crossbred spring and heifers and if you're looking for red Holstein bulls, we got three registered red Holstein bulls that are big enough for cows and proven breeders. Questions on marketing livestock, give us the call at Premier at 715-229-2500. Uh, don't forget to check our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Check our Premier Livestock Facebook page as well. We're sharing lots of machinery pictures on there. Uh, check that out. Don't forget uh, machinery sale will be coming up here June 16th. Uh, we know you're all busy, but this is your last week to get your farm equipment in. Last week for the farm equipment coming in. Uh, otherwise, uh, we will be pretty, pretty full. So give us a call if you got something heading our way. Otherwise, just drive it right on in the door and regular business hours will be open up, up until noon on Saturday. Um, so that is the way things shaped up, Bob. So what? Uh, what's the lot look like? A lot of tractors, tillage tools. What do you it, got? It, it's just a good mix, a good mix of all that stuff. So, like I said, you can go scroll through our Facebook page, see a lot of pictures, go to equipment facts. But uh, yeah, nice variety. All right, now this is all conventional farming. I know we have uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the common people around uh, your area with the whiskers and the and the suspenders. It's not horse equipment, is it? No okay. horse equipment. No. All right, just no, to... do it. Do have one tractor with steel wheels, though, if you were looking. All right, that's good. And so. the sale once again is what? Uh, what's the date? Uh, it's June sixteenth. Well, that's just a couple of weeks away. Yeah. Yep. Like I said last week, to bring stuff in. So. All right. Well, get her done. Hey, you have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. You too. Thank you. Bye. There he goes. That's Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Right now, we're about uh, 26 minutes before 6 o'clock, and took a look at Mike Dandria's forecast, and you're in a rut, buddy. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, a lot of things that can happen when you have the heat and humidity like that. <laughs> I know, but... we're, we've all lived through these uh, hot days, and all of a sudden, uh, you hear a roar in the sky, and it uh, rains pretty hard. But otherwise, the actual forecast is pretty static through for about the next week. Yeah, now uh, today, I mean, we've been obviously seeing those temperatures climb pretty quickly over the last couple of days. And today, of course, not going to be an exception. We'll have those intervals of clouds and sun, much like we had yesterday. But this time around, temperatures have a much better chance at hitting 90. In fact, we uh, may get that by the middle of the afternoon. And that, of course, with the rise in humidity, could create a chance at a pop-up shower storm. Now, Tomorrow looks to have a better chance of that uh, pop-up shower and storm. Still mostly sunny to start the day off and highs in the low 90s. Friday, we'll have a sunny start to the day. Again, like you said, pretty static pattern. Chances of uh, pop-up showers and storms into the afternoon. But then we keep that on Saturday. And then Sunday, we start to 
ever so slightly cooled off, but still into the upper 80s. So when I say cool off, of course, that's a relative term. Uh, But Monday and Tuesday, still looking at more sunshine. Still those chances at pop-up showers, much like we would see typically in July and into August. But highs start to pull back a little bit with mid-80s on tap for Tuesday. But a pretty comfortable start overall with a temperature of 58 degrees and a few thin clouds, which gave us a gorgeous sunrise not too long ago. Well, I was in here. I didn't get a chance to see it. I, I did post on my uh, on my Facebook, so if you uh, if you want to take a peek at it, I took a picture of it, and it is beautiful. Yeah, we really do get some beautiful sunrises and sunsets in our part of the country, but uh, it feels like summer, huh? Oh, yeah, it feels like July at this point, not the end of May. <laughs> that is for sure. So we got a lot of summer to go, a lot of good growing weather. Thanks, Mike. You bet, Bob. Have a good one. All right, Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 as we look at our weather and markets and news on WAC. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, maybe 90 degrees for a high temperature today. That's the weather news. Let's find out about uh, some other news. Morgan McCarthy is in the newsroom this morning. And uh, you ready for 90 degrees? Are you a hot weather person? I don't mind it. I don't mind it because I know it's a short shelf life here in Wisconsin. That's true. It doesn't necessarily last that long, so I'll take it when we can get it. Uh, We're going to get it, that's for sure. What else are we going to get? Well, we're going to start with headlines, and uh, as they probe closer, it seems something doesn't add up. More question marks into the spending of Eau Claire County's Department of Human Services. With 715 Newsroom coverage, John DeMaster looks a little bit closer about a probe that's turning up fewer answers than questions. Eau Claire County Sheriff's Office released its investigation into DHS yesterday, and the report is full of unanswered questions. The report says DHS employees either lied to investigators or tried to obstruct their investigation. DHS told investigators it would not provide receipts because accounting for all the spending would be a HIPAA violation. The sheriff's office looked into DHS after years of overspending. The Eau Claire County DA's office said back in March that no one at DHS would be charged with any crimes. I'm John DeMaster. When it comes to money and where it will go, this time it's political. Wisconsin's governor uh, making rounds to our area, but then also talking about sending money back. Coronavirus stimulus money that wasn't used could head back to Washington, as Governor Evers was telling reporters that his office is preparing for a clawback included in the new federal debt ceiling. The governor is not saying just how much the state will have to return to Washington or where it will come from, but at last count in March, Wisconsin has just under $450 million in unallocated stimulus money. Well, if you're on the roads, you know what season it is. The orange cones are out, but this week's hot weather will also mean likely some buckling. The conditions are pretty ripe for that right now. Wisconsin DOT Director of Technical Services Barry Pay here says hitting one of those at highway speeds, that can damage your vehicle, not to mention those traveling behind you. When we get a buckle, there's going to be concrete and debris sitting on top of the slab. So that's something that could be hit by a car or a tire and thrown up into another vehicle and cause safety issues. So if you're the first person to happen upon that, you want to report it, and you can do that to 911, actually. Also, you want to be cautious, give highway crews some space if they are out fixing buckles or other highway issues. When it comes to the heat, well, that's affecting the wildfire warning across our state as well. And Wisconsin has one for most of the week for most of the state. DNR yesterday is issuing a warning about high and extremely high dangers for fires, saying you want to be careful when around that and don't want to burn any brush piles until we see a good soaking rain. A lot of people putting crops and hoping for one of those soakers as well. And if you happen to roll into Quick Trip on Otter Avenue and thought, oh, what the heck, I'll buy a lottery ticket. What a, What's it going to hurt? It didn't hurt anybody. It actually uh, hit big for somebody carrying around a winning Megabucks ticket worth $1.3 million. Again, that would have been a stop at Quick Trip on Otter Road in Eau Claire. Maybe you want to check those numbers again. At least we have a winner that's come forward. Somebody might still be staring at that, wondering if it's true, right? If it is you, congrats. But you always hit the jackpot when you have the farm show on, and we better head back to the barn to get to work with Bob Bosel, Joe Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Boy, I missed out. Usually when the Pot gets that big, I'll buy one, but I didn't, so I know I don't have to look. I got a whole glove compartment full of them, because Alex thinks that's our <laughs> retirement fund, but we weren't at the one on Otter Road, so it looks like I have more bookmarks uh, and gum wrappers well, than, uh, than hits. Uh, you got to help your sister and brother-in-law make hay? I think you'd be good on a hay rack. I've been out there. 
I've done that. Not uh, not recently. He's got three girls to to earn their <laughs> allowance, so they'll be doing some hang pretty soon. Uh, yeah, it's getting that time of the year. In fact, they're probably in the barn now before school doing chores. So. Oh boy! They, I think they're making more money than me actually. Now that I think about it, <laughs> it's well, pretty good at the old farm. Not with these milk prices right now. Uh, uh, we keep on keeping on. Thanks, Morgan. Anytime, Bob. All right, there's Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. We're 21 minutes before 6 o'clock. And again, 58 degrees on our way to maybe 90 today. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Still lots of chores to do this morning. Uh, we're going to go over to UW-River Falls today to find out more about the short course. Remember, last year, the University of Wisconsin-Madison and uh, the powers that be decided the farming industry short course didn't fit anymore down on the Madison campus after a 138-year run in Madison. And a lot of people were up in arms about that. And the short course went away for a year, but it's back and is being revived. And it's now going to be housed at the UW River Falls. Classes will restart this fall, but registrations are now open for students who want to attend uh, year one of a a two-year program. So the first year, they'll be limited to 24 students. But in the future, when both first and second year students are on campus, uh, registrations will increase to about 48 students. We'll find out about that today. As we said, we're heading over to River Falls, talking to Steve Kelm. Steve is in charge of that. He's in the the livestock area over there at UW-River Falls, director of that program. And he's also director of the short course. And so we're going to be talking to him about the program and what courses they're going to teach and what are they looking for for applications. But if you want to go to short course at River Falls, get your application in right now because, again, they're taking them. They're going to select 24 students. You'll be living with the four-year students and uh, should be a, a good fit for the short course over at River Falls. One other thing before we get to uh, some of the breakfast around the area, don't forget it's baseball season. The Brewers are playing. Not very well, but they're playing. And so we're going to get on there on Thursday, July 6th. They'll have it turned around by then. And uh, they're going to be playing the Cubs. So Cubs fans, Brewer fans, come on along. It's an afternoon game on Thursday, July 6th. So we'll leave here, oh, about 7, 7.30 in the morning. And uh, we're going to take you down there on the bus, have a barbecue or a little cookout before we go into the stands and watch the game, and then we'll come home. So you can buy your tickets for the bus trip and the game right now. Again, yours truly, that means me. I'll be hosting that bus. Looking forward to that. Go to info at waxradio.com. like to have you come along. July 6th, Brewers and Cubs, an afternoon game at American Family Field. That's in July. We're into June and dairy breakfast. Jill, opening weekend. Where do we go? <laughs> well, you could go just about anywhere to have pancakes. But it starts on Friday with the Dairy Fest breakfast at the Central Wisconsin State Fairgrounds from 5.30 till 9.30. And then we're going to move into Saturday. Chippewa County Dairy Breakfast is going to be at the Cadat Junior Senior High School on Saturday, June 3rd from 8 to 11. And there's also a dairy breakfast in Barron County. So the Barron County breakfast is on Saturday from 6 to 11 at Corey and Janelle Picknell Farm. That's in Prairie Farm, and that one is from 6 to 11 a.m., and you can head on down to Cashton. You can have a breakfast down there at the Monroe County Dairy Breakfast Committee is having their dairy breakfast at the Maple Twin Farms in Cashton, and that's from on Saturday from 7 to 11, and then on Sunday, Grant and FFA alumni is having their dairy breakfast at Mark and Judy Julie K. K. Hart Family Farm in Granton, and that's Sunday from 7 to 12.30. And in Abbotsford on Sunday, they're also having a dairy breakfast from 7 to 12 o'clock at Midwest Sidewalls in Curtis. A lot of pancakes this weekend. Did uh, we have a breakfast in Stratford on Sunday, or is that next week? Oops. Saturday or Sunday, there's one in Stratford. That was on a different page. Fitzgerald get all over you. I know. Stratford FFA alumni is having their dare breakfast on Sunday from 7 to 12.30 at the Country Air Restaurant, north uh, of Stratford. And that's just week one. We've got more of that coming up. 
You got any horse pulls or anything like that coming up this weekend? The horse pulls look like they're coming in the next weekend. But on another note, it is free fishing weekend this weekend. Oh, it is? Yep. You can get in to go fishing. You can go to state parks for free. So you need to check that out. Go to the DNR website, I believe, and that'll tell you more. All right. So uh, lots of availability. And if you're wondering about uh, what to wear to the dairy breakfast, (laughs) not much. (laughs) It's going to be 90 on Saturday, 88 on Sunday, partly cloudy. And again, maybe some of those pop-up showers. But uh, some beautiful warm weather, at least, to kick off the June dairy breakfast coming up this weekend. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 12 minutes before 6 o'clock. 58 degrees out there on our way to 90. But it's time to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity Altoona. Choice beef steers and heifers $1.45 to $1.70. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers $1.45 to $1.65. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers $1.52 to $1.63. We had a top of $1.65. Choice Holstein steers $1.45 to $1.51. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers $1.44 and down. Top 20% of the cold cows sold from $1.06 to $1.18. We had a top of $1.20. 60% of cows sold from $73 to $1.05. Bottom 20% of the cows sold from $72 and down. Call bulls sold from a dollar to a dollar twenty. We had a top of a dollar twenty-three and a half. Thin full horn and lightweight bulls all discounted. Eighty percent of the ninety-five pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from two hundred to three hundred and eighty dollars per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from two hundred dollars per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from two hundred ninety to five hundred and eighty-five dollars per head. Here are prices for fancy vaccinated feeder cattle from our last sale, which was held here on May twenty-sixth. Three to six hundred pound beef steers dollar. 45 to a 235, 6 to 900 pound beef steers, dollar 40 to 230, 6 to 900 pound beef, 3 to 600 pound beef heifers, dollar 40 to 225, 6 to 900 pound beef heifers, dollar 40 to 202, 3 to 600 pound Holstein steers, a dollar 15 to a dollar 69, 6 to 900 pound Holstein steers, a dollar 10 to a dollar 57. Our next special feeder sale will be Friday, June 9th, starting at noon. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA, or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And more markets from the sale barns as we're back in business following the Memorial Day Monday. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us from over there at Stratford, and you're not going to eat many breakfasts at home for another month, are you? Well, good morning to you, Bob. Well, today we'll have to, but no, during the weekends, they're pretty well filled up here. So I guess uh, you don't have to really drive too far either, especially here in Earthen County. There's a lot of them in our te- County, wherever you want to go. So. You were telling me that... Uh, one we, we overlooked and didn't see, Athens is this weekend, right? Yeah, uh, sad, i got to look at the calendar. Yeah, Saturday's the 3rd, and that's uh, early morning. They get going up there pretty early, around 7 or so, up to about, I think, 11. In the park? Uh, maybe, yeah, in the park. Maybe uh, uh, Gary or maybe Mr. Beastrom will give you a call and give you the more yeah. particulars, but that's pretty sure what it is, so we always put that on the schedule. Always a very good time up there, and yeah, it's up. Uh, and so always good food. But talking about food and stuff and meat, we better get to the prices. How yeah, we do how about we do yesterday? Mm-hmm. All right, Bob, thank you. And good morning, everyone. Summer return yesterday, Tuesday here at Equity Stratford. Very busy day yesterday. And we'll start out the cow market yesterday. Now, these are the conventional cows. High-yielding, fleshy, Holstein, and beef cows in yesterday's auction. We're selling from 98 up to a top of a dollar twenty-two and a half. Most of the cows yesterday from 74 to 97. Thinner cows like carcass cows below 74. On the organic market yesterday, high-yielding organic cows from 146 to 161, low-yielding organic cows 144 and below. On the bull trade, better quality bulls, mostly from a dollar to a dollar fifteen, lighter bulls below 95. Big run of calves yesterday. Markets continue to be very, very good on the calf market. 92, 130-pound Holstein bull calves, mostly from 150 to 350 with a top at 360. Uh, good quality heifer calves yesterday, 50 to 165. And your beef calves, just very, very good in demand on those. 250 to 500, 
up to 5.30 on the Black Cavs on yesterday's auction. And a busy day scheduled today here at Stratford. Our auction this morning gets right around to, underway this morning right away here. We sell market cattle this morning. Most of our fed cattle will be sold this morning also. Sheep, hog, and goats. Uh, baby calves around 11.30. Feeder cattle sale today will be 12.30, folks. Part of the feeder sale, I know a lot of folks are very busy, but we do have some really good quality Black Angus cattle for that sale today. Um, so if you're looking for, if you're in the Black Angus business, we got a lot of those today. So along with the Holsteins and other feeders. So again, that will be at 1230. And don't forget tomorrow, our auction does start at 11. Looking ahead to next week. Uh, next area auction will be next Tuesday will be the 6th. We got a complete herd dispersal for that. Also coming with that sale next week will be, uh, uh, Organic springing Holstein heifers, a consignment of those. The owner had sold his cows, now he's selling the heifers, they're close up. So a lot of dairy cattle on the market the next two weeks here in Stratford. So and all this information is on our website, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page. And You know, Bob and I was listening to you guys before talking about what the, uh, the um, well, what do you call it, the mailbox price he used to talk for about milk price? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Compared to last year, 25-something last year. And, I mean, how many, uh, just think about this, folks, when you're driving around today, how many businesses or people in business are taking a 25 to 30 percent cut in one year so yep. i always mention that that it's uh boy i'll tell you and the, the price of fuel the price of seed the price of fertilizer the price of chemicals the price of everything going up on the input side yep so it's uh, something to think about and we have to be thankful for these guys that are out there listening to us every morning and uh, uh producing the food and uh well it's uh I guess it's always been a difficult thing, but we got a lot of good people out there. And I think when you get to these dairy breakfasts, it's really encouraging to talk how optimistic the folks are usually always you are, bet. you know. You bet. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, when you uh, get to these dairy breakfasts, don't complain about the price of food because it's not because of the farmer. Hey, you have a good one, buddy. We'll talk to you in the morning. Yeah, and i got to start saving up so I can afford to go to that Brewer game, you know. There you go. We'll take you along. July 6th. We're heading there. That's Jerry from over at Stratford. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Synergy Co-op at Ridgeland bringing us uh, the rest of our markets. Board of Trade down yesterday. Uh, corn demand, not good. Bean ending stocks are up. Looking at December crop now as we're... Uh, Looking at the the finished crop that we're getting it in the ground, December corn overnight down five to six cents, five nineteen a bushel this morning. The oats down a penny at three fifty four. July wheat down nine at six sixteen. November soybeans down thirteen to fourteen cents, eleven thirty nine. And December meal down two sixty a ton at three hundred sixty four dollars and ten cents. And Jill, what about some of the country elevators? Northside Elevator, Loyal Location, corn's at 570 with soybeans at 1240. In Arcadia, Northside Elevator, corn's at 576 with soybeans at 1254. Wheat and Grain, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville Location, corn's at 558 with soybeans at 1246. And on the DTN screen, Golden Plump this morning, corn is 585. Baldwin, 546 and 1232. The corn of Durand is also 546. The beans, 1227. Mondovi and Elmwood, 550 on the corn, 1232 on the soybeans. Fall Creek, 536 and 1207. Osseo, the corn is 563. The beans at 1232. Elk Mound, corn is at 556. Beans, 1237. Sparta is 574. Beans at 1213. Ellsworth, 536 on the corn, 1207 on the beans. Ethanol plants, Boysville, the corn today, 582. Stanley, 586. New Richmond, 580. Barrel cheese up a half, 149 and a half. Blocks down four and three quarters yesterday, a dollar forty-three a pound. Butter unchanged, two forty-three. May class three comes off the board today. Traded at sixteen uh, sixteen yesterday. That was unchanged. June down thirty-two at fifteen fifty-six. July down twenty-six, sixteen thirty-two. August down twenty-two at seventeen nineteen. September down twenty-four at eighteen thirteen. Weather hot the next few days. We'll get 88, maybe 90 today. It's a very pleasant 58 right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadar. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.